Hi, welcome back to another episode of You the Mother podcast by Abby Williams, a space dedicated to supporting, empowering, and connecting all parents in all seasons of parenthood. In today's episode, I am so excited to be welcoming on Vanessa and Xander Marin. Vanessa is a licensed marriage and family therapist with a master's degree in psychology. A huge part of her educational and clinical training was with kids and families. She's worked with thousands of families and has had the opportunity to test and refine all of her strategies. They joke that Xander is just a normal dude, but together the two of them have created free guides, courses, a podcast, an upcoming book, and so much social media content to help keep the spark alive in your relationship. In their new course called MILFs, DILFs, and PILFs, aka Rediscovering Intimacy and Sex for Parents, they support families and stop the generational shame around sex. In today's episode, we talk all about revamping your sex life. We talk about how to maintain that intimacy and keep the spark alive. Vanessa and Xander give so many practical tips. I hope that you go give them a follow over on Instagram at Vanessa Marin Therapy. And I hope that you go check out all of their content over on their website. They have free stuff. They have courses. You can find them over at www.vmtherapy.com. And be sure to check out their podcast wherever you're listening to this podcast. It's the Pillow Talks podcast. I hope that you enjoy today's episode. And if you do, please be sure to leave a five-star rating and review. Your support here on the podcast always means the world to me. And I so appreciate you being here. So let's get started in supporting you, the mother. Vanessa and Xander, thank you so much for joining me on You the Mother podcast. I am so excited that you guys are here and to be connecting with you in this space. We have connected over on Instagram for quite a while now, and I'm just so appreciative of all the content that you are continuously putting out, so thank you. <laughs> but first, tell me, listeners, a little bit about yourself. Yeah, thanks for having us on. We're really excited to be here too. So we are a husband and wife duo. Um, I'm a sex therapist. We jokingly refer to Xander as just a regular dude. <laughs> but... Which means no specific qualifications other than you know being married to her. Yeah. And so together we have the mission to take the intimidation out of intimacy and help couples have more fun in the bedroom. And we're just particularly excited about helping couples keep the spark alive in long-term relationships because we know from experience ourselves how challenging that can be. And so we do that through a great community that we've built on Instagram. We have tons of um, courses and guides that really lead you through step-by-step all the fun bedroom tricks and techniques um, and also lots of like free guides and content as well. You guys have a lot of really fun things over there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we've, my husband and I have uh, taken part in the 30-day sex challenge, mm-hmm. and awesome. it is spicy and fun, and if you're looking for something new, go find uh-huh. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so fun. Um, so let's like kind of dive in. What, I guess, is intimacy, right? And why does the spark kind of fizzle out? That's a great question. So we like to think of intimacy as being like two twin flames, physical intimacy and emotional intimacy. I think a lot of us hear 
intimacy and we think about just having sex with our mm -hmm. partner. Um, but it's really those two things. It's what we do with our bodies, but also the ways that our hearts connect. And I think we need to look at those two things as being very inextricably linked because we really can't have one without the other in long-term relationships. And in terms of why does the spark fade in long-term relationships, there are a lot of answers <laughs> to that. Um, but we, we really like to normalize that this is something that happens in just about every relationship. You're going to have at least one season of your relationship where it feels like that flame is starting to really flutter out between the two of you. And so one particularly important thing to know is that a lot of this is chemical. We won't yeah. like science geek out on you too much, but all the neurotransmitters going on in your brain, like in the beginning stages of a relationship, those drive us nuts and they make it feel like, you know, falling in love. It's like a high, an actual high yeah. um, makes us feel so close and so connected to our partner. But those neurotransmitters can only really last like a year, two years max. So a lot of it just is that we're physically incapable of maintaining that same sense of like desire and attraction and just that like irresistible feeling that relationships have. Uh, and then there are lots of other answers that come up like stress, <laughs> you know, yeah. getting through in really busy seasons of life, kids um, not sleeping very well, having relationship issues that come up, physical issues, mental health issues, like pretty much every dynamic that's going on in your life or in your relationship can affect that physical intimacy between the two of you. So it's it's actually a very vulnerable, tender little thing, this flame yeah. between us. Um, and it's, yeah, very easy for it to flicker out. And I think another another key thing is that, you know, Vanessa described the, the twin flames, like the emotional and the physical intimacy. And I think that often in a partnership, you know, one person may prioritize a certain type of intimacy more than the other. And very often we are, we tend to be opposites in yeah. a partnership. And so what can happen over time, like after that stuff just stops coming sort of naturally, like it does in the early stages when in reality, it's not actually coming naturally mm -hmm. because, you know, we're kind of operating on this high of the, of the beginning of the relationship mm -hmm. or doing all this planning and whatnot. But the reality is, over time, you know, like each partner kind of prefers their type of intimacy and it can be really easy to get into a deadlock or a standstill where it kind of feels like, well, well, like I want one type of intimacy and my partner wants another type of intimacy and I can't give that type without getting my type and, you know, and vice versa. And so we kind of just like settle into these, these roles of, okay, well, we will, you know, do our chores. We'll make sure, you know, the kids have everything they need. We'll do our jobs. And then you kind of start feeling a bit more like roommates over time. Yeah, I think that the classic argument that comes up in relationships is like one partner will say like, well, I need to feel connected to you before I want right. to have sex with you. And then the other partner will say, but the way that I feel connected to you is by having sex. So it yeah. feels like you're at this total you know, yeah. deadlock with each other. And I think like, you know, you add like the parenting piece to a partnership and these kind of really get magnified a lot, you mm -hmm. know, and kind of like to go back to what Vanessa was talking about and the intimacy part and, you know, how it's like so common or normal for this flame to flicker out. You know, I think that like, especially to talk to some of the new moms, right, when we enter into motherhood, we so badly are looking for our identity like before 
this baby came like oh gosh I just like gotta get back to my old self right I gotta get back to looking like my old self feeling like my old self and I want to get back to my relationship with my partner right and maybe that flare had, that fire had already kind of fizzled but now it's just like even magnified like oh my gosh now it's not there at all and like to kind of go back to like what Sandra was saying of now we're butting heads because I'm up all night with a baby and you're not supporting me doing X, Y, Z and I'm feeling touched out, whatever. So I think like these are really, really important things to, um, you know, to keep in mind. How do we, I guess, come back, <laughs> right? How do we, I don't know, like navigate this, right? When we are feeling like, oh, my load is heavier. You're not helping me in this you know, intimacy mm -hmm. part that I'm needing, this connection, feeling seen, feeling validated, and you're not feeling seen and validated because I physically am not there. Mm -hmm. How do we navigate that? Yeah, and there's a million dollar question, right? <laughs> so I think, you know, a big piece of it is what you just said, like, all of us feel this pull towards I want to go yeah. back to right. what we were like back then. And regardless right. of if you have kids or not, a lot of us right. like long for that early stage of a relationship and so yeah far. right like I just yeah. want to get back there and I think part yeah. of the journey for all of us is recognizing there is no going back <laughs> you know yeah we have to redefine what relationships can look like in different seasons of life and like of course there's sadness and loss around that like sometimes I think back to our <laughs> early days and how mad about each other we were and I'm like yeah I wish we could have that energy again and so it's right. okay to mourn that but especially after having kids being able to recognize like that can't be the goal. Just like, right. I, you know, it's like, just like mothers feel this pressure to snap back after having a right. baby of like, my body has to erase all evidence that I've just right. done this like monumental, miraculous thing. It's like, yeah. you can't go back right. to that and you can't go back to the relationship that you had before. And so, you know, moving forward, I think that the other big piece of this that comes to mind right away for me is recognizing that there's not going to be equality in the relationship. I think yeah. a lot of us, is, you know, it's 2022. A lot of us are like, I want to have a more modern relationship. I don't want, you know, I want us to be balanced and equals. Mm -hmm. And the reality is like, there is no way to be in parent, especially early parenthood and to have it be truly equal. And so I think we see a lot of couples who are struggling with, you know, the imbalance of it. And, yeah. and we totally, you know, like we do a lot of work helping couples find a, a new balance, but it's not that like 50, 50 split. And I think part of it, part of the challenge and the journey is like recognizing like there is literally no way for us to be equal at this stage in our relationship. I totally agree. I think that that was like some of the best marriage advice I ever received was from like an older couple that said, once you get over that, it's never going to be 50, 50, 100% of the time, like the next part of your life begins. <laughs> and yeah. it is kind of like a way to like breathe, right? Of Sometimes I'm going to be carrying more and sometimes you're going to be carrying more. Sometimes mm -hmm. my bucket is really, really heavy and it's just a different bucket. Doesn't mm -hmm. mean that you're not carrying a heavy bucket over there. Mm -hmm. We just are carrying different buckets sometimes and... Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that acceptance is such an important yeah. thing. Like you, you were just talking about it with like you know, the acceptance that it's not all it's not going to be 
equal like all the time and in any given moment is not going to be equal and also the acceptance that we we aren't going to go back to the way it was before it's not going to be like oh just like it was when it was just you and me and we didn't have kids just like you know just like before you have kids you're not going to go back to what it was like in high school right <laughs> even though you know that's another time that we often romanticize a lot and so you know like vanessa said it's so important to be able to allow yourself to mourn that hey like that was a great time in our lives we had so mm -hmm. much time for each other and it's a bummer that we're not going to go back there but once you can accept that it it does allow you to to say hey like let's look forward to this new part of our lives let's talk about like who are we going to be what are we going to become and how are we going to split things up rather than constantly looking back to the past of like, oh, well, back then we did it like this. And so we have to do it like this again. Yeah. So once we kind of get there of this acceptance and we're feeling a little disconnected, maybe we want to find each other again, this new version mm -hmm. of ourselves, right? How do we kind of come back together or start revamping our sex life, our intimacy? Mm -hmm. So I think one of the, the big steps is to help your partner like understand where it is that you are now. So if we, if we talk to like new parents, obviously one of the most common dynamics that comes up is that feeling of being touched out of like, yeah. I've just had, you know, I literally have a tiny life like clinging to me and needing me for survival. If you have other kids, you know, being touched out, you can have that at any stage of, of parenthood. I know. I feel like I still have that. It's just like the overstimulation. Uh -huh. Yeah. Makes you just like feel that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think being able to, you know, share that with your partner and help them try to understand what that experience is like for you. Yeah. I think very often, like we get to places where we just feel so frustrated that our partner doesn't know what we're going through. It's like you, you kind of want them to read your mind and just like understand it. And then to some extent, your partner's never going to fully understand it because right. they're not going to have that physical experience themselves. But I think trying to take a step back and explain what it's like to them at a time when you're not feeling that overwhelm. Yeah, I think that's so important as opposed to just shutting down the conversation and be like, I'm overwhelmed. I'm touched out. You're never going to understand because that just like creates. Right distance mm -hmm. between you and then your partner hears that and goes, oh, okay, I guess I'll never, you know, I guess I'll just withdraw. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So being able like at a calm time to explain, and I think it can be really useful to kind of take your partner through your day with you and just mm -hmm. describe to them the sensation, the, the, you know, all the sensory overload that's happening at different points of the day. So the point is not for them to have this perfect understanding of it because they may not, it, they may not get it, but just to yeah. be able to share with them, you know, this is what's coming up for me. And this is something that's getting in the way of us having intimacy. So another tip is to like, start with sharing, start by sharing with your partner, what your goals are. So it's if your partner just hears like, I'm touched out, I don't want anything to do with you, leave me alone. <laughs> That's like Xander was saying, it's gonna just cause your partner to shut down. But yeah. if you start with like, look, you are important to me, our relationship is important to me, our intimacy is important to me. Yeah. And this is something that is standing in the way of me having that with you. So it's not a lashing out at your partner, it's not a like, it's hopeless and we're never going to get back to any sort of intimacy. It's like sharing with them. I want that connection with you back again. That can be such a valuable way to communicate it. And then 
Another huge piece of this is, you know, a lot of times parents will tell us like, I'm so touched out. How could I ever want to like, you know, be intimate with my partner? And I think before we even get to intimacy with a partner, there's really something to be said about reconnecting with yourself. Yeah. Like when you're touched out. You can't go from touched out to craving touch and contact with your partner right. without <laughs> like you having some time to reconnect with yourself. Like yeah. the whole thing of, of being touched out, it's like your body's not feeling like your own. So you right. can't swap like the baby needs me or the kids need me for my partner needs me and, and have it feel wildly different. It's like a do not pass go. You do not collect $200. Like you have to start with reconnecting with your own body. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the exact reason reason why on an airplane they say put your oxygen mask on first before yeah, you help, all heard that before one, you yeah. help anybody else because the reality is if you know you know god forbid in that horrible situation on the plane you probably could start help you, you know could, you could start helping your kids but you might right. you know you might get one of your kids oxygen masks on but then you might pass out before you get to the second this is, one this is i mean dark <laughs> <sorry. laughs> that bad metaphor no, it's true yeah but, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, like, you know, you, you do have to carve out some some amount of time for yourself, regardless of how small that is. And yeah. how does like how do we do that? Reconnect with ourselves? Are you talking like self-care? I'm talking literally like a couple of minutes of alone time. Alone you know, time. we know it. parents are busy. I think a lot of times we hear self-care and we think like, oh, I have to go for a spa day and it's going to cost all this money and it's going to take all this time. And, you know, yeah. and we just very easily just blow by it. We're all about trying to be practical and realistic. Right. And some days it may feel like all you can do is get like 60 seconds of, of alone time to yourself. And that's okay. Like, let's take the time that we can. So if it could be, you know, 60 seconds that you go into the closet and, you know, have no light around you and no sound around you or you lock yourself in the bathroom, um, but 60 seconds where, and you're not getting on your phone, you're not, you know, distracting yourself in some other way, but you're just being with yourself alone, nobody else, no other sensation or distraction going on. And your partner should absolutely support you in creating right. this space for yourself. So we we like to call it the adult timeout. <laughs> like, you know, have your part, like this should be a conversation with your partner. Like I need to have a timeout every day. And if you're, you know, you can really phrase it to your partner as again, but like, I want to connect with you. I want us to have quality time together. This is what I need in order to be able to get there. I need an adult timeout of five minutes a day, one minute a day, whatever it is, you know, that you guys can spare, but your partner should support you in taking care of the kids, taking care of responsibilities. So you have even just that tiny little sliver of time for you to just take a step back and just be by yourself. Yeah. And, and hopefully like, you know, to, to the partners listening here, like hopefully that feels a lot more manageable than, than the way you might be thinking about it, which is like, Oh, like I need to, I need to give her a spa day or I need right. to, you know, she needs like a night alone in a hotel and how the hell are we going to do that? Like, where are we going to get the time or the money or whatever? And so, you know, you just kind of kick the can down the road, but like, this is a very actionable thing. Like you can jump in for a couple of minutes and yeah. take care of things while, you know, your partner goes <laughs> and shuts themselves <laughs> in the bathroom, especially if you know that this is something that is actually, it's going to pay off for you too, in terms of right. you get, you know, you feeling more connected and having the opportunity to have physical intimacy as well. Right. 
No, I love that. And I think that like, you know, making it more manageable is definitely appreciated mm-hmm. because I think at the beginning of my motherhood journey, I had like this beautiful idea of what self-care was. And mm-hmm. like this <laughs> mindfulness corner, you know, uh-huh. it's beautiful and zen and like, oh, but I can't get there because I'm like breastfeeding babies and I'm up all night and like I can't wake up before they do. So I'm just going to have to wait till they're like 10 years old to ever self-care, right? <laughs> like, yeah, oh, yeah. you're going to be really burnt out if you wait till they're 10 years old. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm like the just small where you can and communicating to your partner what you need, I think is so important. And I want to like go back and really like make sure that we remember and emphasize what Vanessa was saying of communicating what you need and what you're going through to your partner. Mm-hmm. And and I'll give like an example of when I was breastfeeding babies back to back and just feeling touched out and feeling like I'm doing this all alone, right? There wasn't anything he could have done to take that load you know I had chosen that I was going to be exclusively breastfeeding I was doing this to myself right but he would say yeah that is a lot you know and just like he couldn't do anything to take it away but just being there in it with me like yeah that sucks that you're carrying this load all by yourself and that is a lot Mm -hmm. feels like somebody else is in it with you Oh, yeah. So partners, please be listening or just play that part for your partner. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, crank the volume up. We do that all the time on our Instagram yeah. stories. We're like, turn the volume up and play this in the background. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, yeah, just like that simple acknowledgement is so, so huge. And I, and, and I mean, I, I, you know, to get like gendered for a second, I think men can often mm-hmm. undervalue how important that is because yeah. most men tend to be like tend to go into problem solving mode right. and acknowledgement and problem solving are two very different things. Like right. if you're, you know, acknowledgement is maybe the first step in solving a problem. Like, Oh, we have a problem now. What are we going to do about it? And so I think for a lot of men, it's like, it just doesn't compute when, when you're like, okay, I see a problem. Like you, like you decided to exclusively breastfeed and now we can't do anything different about it. And you're right. like, well, my brain just short circuited to nothing I can do. But yeah, the reality is it is doing something to just acknowledge that and to yeah. be there like energetically, that makes a huge difference. Yeah. And you can also set your partner up for success with this too. Like Xander's talking about this, though so, so he's so evolved, but he he literally jumps into problem solving mode. Like anytime that I mention something, oh, yeah. you know, it's like, it's such a, you know, he's a very you know, more aware and conscious and evolved kind of person. But it's like that instinct is drilled into him right. so deeply that I can literally just say like, oh, my phone's not working. And he'll like, oh, let me help you out. And like, let me fix it. You know, it's like, it's just yeah. such a strong instinct. Oh, and yeah. so I think that you can, like one thing that we can do, again, being a little gendered here, but like, you know, as partners, we can set our partner up for success by saying like, all that I want you to do is just listen. Or like, I, I want to just yeah. vent at you. And then afterwards, I just want to hear you say like, that sucks. I'm so, so sorry. You know, like, so agree with you, honey. And then go into it. Because yeah. I think a lot of us, you know, we might vent to our partner and then he goes into a place of like, oh my God, well, what, do we, what if we do this? And have you thought about that? And, da, da, da. and you wind up like not even feeling heard at all. Yeah. You're like, you know, it doesn't feel satisfying. So if we can set our partner up and say like, this is what I need from you first, (laughs) then we're much more likely to get that kind of response. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, So I guess like once we kind of come to our partners and we're like, hey, 
I want to be connecting with you. I need 10 minutes at the end of the day to love on myself so that I can love on you in a little bit. How do we like, I guess, keep the ball rolling? Oh yeah, I know it's, it's really the consistency. So that's why we're so big on trying to make this seem as small and as manageable as possible. So if you make that agreement with each other of like, it's gonna literally, it's gonna be one minute a day or something, mm -hmm. you know, um, that can feel a lot more manageable. And, and if there are yeah. some days where it could be five minutes or it could be 10 minutes, great. That's right. if there's some days where it can be an hour, amazing. But if you set right. the expectation of it's gonna be 60 <laughs> seconds, we can both commit to that, right? No matter how wild our days get, we can commit to 60 seconds. I think that helps like keep that, the consistency going. Yeah. Um, another thing to do is to like to, um, really see if you can schedule it out. So if you already know, yeah. like, you know, both of our days wind up at this time, or we always put the kids to sleep at that time, or whatever it is, like, find the specific time of, okay, it's gonna be seven to 7.01 every day, or, you know, whatever it is for your schedule. And literally put it on the calendar, mm -hmm. too. Yeah. Like, you know, so your phone reminds you and I mean, that just helps build the habit as well. Yeah. yeah. And give each other grace when it doesn't happen, because it, right. I can tell you right now, it's not going to happen. And a lot of times, a lot of times we get so dejected about that, like, oh, yeah. we're on the second day of this and he already forgot it. Well, like, screw this. He's never going to remember. Right. So it's like he doesn't even care about me the whole yeah, the it's whole like story the in our head. Goes, you know, it goes off the tracks. We're like, well, now I just give up. That didn't work. Yeah. But like, that's just life that no matter what our intentions are and how much we might try, like you're gonna mess stuff up. You're gonna forget. You're not gonna make that time. And it's definitely not gonna be perfect the first, second or third time. No, <laughs> or the 10th or 20th time. So I think being able to have that grace with ourselves and don't just throw in the towel the second that like one thing goes wrong, just recommit to it again the next day. Yeah. Do you recommend scheduling sex as well? We do. We're both really big fans of scheduling sex. I think that it gets this bad reputation because a lot of people mm -hmm. think of it in this very clinical way. Like, yeah. oh God, now we have to put it on our calendar like we do with our, like our dental cleanings. And yeah. Yeah, we've got that little, the red dot on the calendar. It's a sex day. It's always so easy yeah. in shows. You know, it's always like the yeah. super type A, really right. uptight woman who's like, you know, got the color coded family calendar. Yeah. Right? Like, okay, let's go. Yeah. I'm tapping my wrist. <laughs> right. Um, but I think the reality is that there that is not the only way to do it. You can actually have scheduled sex in a way that feels like really fun and playful. We actually have a whole masterclass about this. It's it's like $19 yeah. that walks people through exactly how to do it. But the whole approach that we take is making it feel fun and playful and that there's still you're carving out the time to be together, but you're not making this guarantee that you're going to have intercourse or whatever it is that counts as sex for you. Um, that you're just, it's more about creating the space for each other and being intentional about prioritizing each other. And the other thing with scheduled sex to remember is at the beginning of your relationship, you scheduled sex too. Like, what do you think dates were? <laughs> you know, when like, you shaved your legs. You shaved your legs. You tried on 10 yeah. different outfits. You yeah. talked to your friends about how excited so you were. True. So the true. The only difference is you just didn't call it scheduled sex. It, was it wasn't on the calendar. With that the... <laughs> pretty yeah. much very often would end in sex, right? Right. right. And we were excited about it. Like when we had something on the calendar, there was a sense of excitement, anticipation 
vacation. Like I'm looking forward to it. And so you can bring that same sort of energy into scheduling sex too. Um, so yeah, like kind of like what Xander was saying, one of our most practical tips about it is don't call it scheduled sex. If you yeah. used to have like date night at the beginning of your relationship, call it date night. Or like yeah. there's some sort of funny inside joke between the two of you that like you call it that. So it feels like something special and like yeah. a little secret between the two of you rather than like, okay, it's Tuesday at 10.45 p.m. time for our scheduled intercourse date. You know, like <laughs> it's all about the attitude that you approach yeah. it with. No, I really like this pers like this perspective shift because I think, you know, we kind of get away from that, that we did used to schedule sex when it was in the beginning and and you did certain things to prepare, you know, you would shave your legs, you'd put on the perfume, you'd wear certain panties, right? Mm -hmm. And stuff to like help yourself feel sexy and in the mood. And I think like, I don't know, we get away from those things sometimes. Yeah. And then like, you you deserve to still feel sexy, you know? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, you might not have the same amount of time to like yeah. go into preparation, but yeah. whatever you can do, or even if it's literally just thinking about that date yeah. or that night, or it's taking like 30 seconds to put on some of your cute underwear under your outfit for the day, yeah. like you can bring that energy back because I mean, that I used like to that. be some of the most fun times for me at the right. beginning of our relationship. Like right. you know, a date would be just for the evening, but it's like, I could have multiple days beforehand where I was getting excited about like, now it's three days away. Now it's two days away. Now it's yeah, tomorrow, right. you know? So just kind of bringing back some of that, like that excitement and anticipation. Is there other ways to, I guess, like bring back some of those old feelings or memories or recreating, you know, I don't know, the beginning of your relationship that like we're always chasing, right? Mm -hmm. One of the one of the tips that we very often give, especially for couples that may feel a little uncomfortable talking about sex or talking yeah. about that stuff is to just is to just ask your partner, like, hey, what are what are some of your favorite sexual memories with me? Or just start yeah. sharing like a, a memory or two from however long ago that's like, you know, a particularly sexy or fun memory, like just starting to talk about that stuff can be super fun. And often yeah. it can it can lead to more once you start thinking about it and go, oh, hmm, maybe we could maybe we could do something like that again. Yeah, I like that. Well, guys, I so appreciate you joining me for this conversation because I think I don't know, we get kind of scared talking about sex sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, why is that taboo? <laughs> No. Yeah, I mean, I, we all have this idea that sex, like people will always tell us well, it's supposed to be natural. Right. And like talking about it, that makes it so unnatural. Yeah. Well, and also <laughs> because very often our, in our, our memory of whenever we have talked about sex in the yeah. past, often a negative thing. It's like when there's a problem or like, you know, I'm breaking up with someone because the sex was bad or something like that. You know, right. so we have these memories of, oh, well, the last three times I talked about it, it was this really bad memory. So I'd better not do that. I'd yeah. better hope that it all comes natural. Yeah. So we like to say sex is the most unnatural, natural thing you can do. Yeah. The act of sex itself is totally natural. But, you know, the whole setup around everything is like, 
it's unnatural there you do have to communicate about it there are going to be plenty of awkward moments you are going to like hit heads or bump your teeth with each other or somebody farts in the middle of sex like there's so much funny stuff that happens with sex and I think we put all this pressure on it to be this, like, we're supposed to have this amazing, magical, fireworks, explosive connection with each other, but okay. not talk about it and not put any effort into it. And so I think it's interesting, like, what other thing in your life do you put that much pressure on where you're supposed to have amazing enjoyment of it, but can't talk about it, acknowledge it, put any sort of effort into it. Can't like, practice, can't, can't do that. Can't do anything. There's nothing else yeah. that, you know, that I can think of that we put that same pressure on ourselves around. So that's a huge part of the work that we do. And we even have a book coming out in February all about helping couples talk about sex with the yeah. person they're having sex with <laughs> and just recognizing like not only is it you know it's okay to talk about sex that we can yeah. get over the shame and embarrassment that we all have but that talking about sex is an incredible way to create intimacy and closeness with your partner and have it feel more fun and lighthearted. like it's pretty scary and it feels pretty lonely to just think yeah. like this thing is just supposed to be perfect and work on its own and we can't yeah. talk about it and i can't express any sort of hesitation about it like that's a really lonely feeling and the reason that we have sex is to feel close to our partner yeah, feel intimate. yeah. we have enough loneliness mm -hmm. <laughs> like, let's like eliminate all the loneliness and find more connectedness i think so too Congratulations on the book. Thank also. you. Thanks. I'm really excited for you guys. And I'm sh it's very, very needed. So thank you for putting that work out there. Um, tell us about the course that you guys offer for parents and reconnecting in their sex life. Yeah, so we have a course called Rediscovering Intimacy and yeah. Sex for Parents. We kind of nicknamed it MILFs, DILFs, and PILFs. Parents, I'd like to, yeah, because <laughs> we try to be as inclusive as we can with all of our work. Yeah, um, but it was really, really important to us to, um, to give, you know, we're all about practical, creative techniques that people can actually use. Like a lot of sex advice that you hear, you know, just it's very involved and difficult. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't have the time to go on a romantic weekend getaway and pretend to be strangers and you know, all this kind of sounds fun. But... <laughs> or or it's like do this sex position where you're both upside down. Yeah. <laughs> so we wanted to make this course specifically for parents to give them those practical steps yeah. for reconnecting and like making them the space in your lives for intimacy and connection and closeness like regardless of how much chaos is going on so we designed it to be as efficient as possible the lessons are broken down into like two to five minutes so mm -hmm. really meant to be like very quick and to the point no fluff in, in it um, yeah. but helping you walk through like being a self-care team with each other, keeping the focus on your relationship. We talk a lot about um, sex at different phases, like during pregnancy, right after childbirth. Um, and then we talk about the hot button topics like mental load, being yeah. touched out, and uh, we do it together. So we really try to explain like both sides of the experience and like, hey, even if you're not the parent, the partner who's like given birth, here's some of the things that your partner might be going through. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a really like fun and easy and practical course um, for parents to yeah. go through and, and find that spark again. Yeah. Tell my listeners where they can find the course and where they can find you guys. 
So they can find us uh, at vmtherapy.com. It's my initials, vmtherapy.com. We have all of our courses listed there. Um, We've got stuff like foreplay guides, sex position playbook, the sex challenge that you mentioned, um, and smaller courses about things like scheduling sex, initiating sex, feeling more confident in the bedroom. Um, and then we are most active over on Instagram at Vanessa Marin Therapy. We do stories together mm-hmm. every day, really try to help get that conversation going between partners. We do a lot of ridiculous stuff in our stories too, to like make people laugh and realize sex is not to be so serious all the time. So come follow us there, um, watch stories. You can check out some of the highlights that we have and shoot us a DM and let us know that you found out about us through this podcast. You guys are really fun over on Instagram. So (laughs) definitely, definitely go give them a follow. Vanessa and Xander, thank you again for joining me. This was such an important conversation. So thank you for having it. And thank you for helping us find you, the mother. Thanks Thanks for having us.